We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny Meringue. I found two empty bottles of a particularly decent Chateau de War Bordeaux 57 in your rubbish. Dusty Hera. You went through my garbage? This is Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app. I find it particularly offensive that you use them to wash down an order from something called Macho Taco. And Portland's sports leader, 1080. I would never drink a Bordeaux with a Macho Taco. The Fan. It was a burrito machissimo. It was a burrito machissimo. Hour number three, Danny and Dusty with you. Thanks for being a part of our day, letting us be a part of yours. All right. The NFL has announced its uh, its finalists for all of its massive awards, and they're going to have an awards show in Las Vegas where all the players are going to get drunk and hang out. I'm in. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, they list uh, among the finalists. Now we have a bunch of debates happening here uh, because that's what uh, America does. <clears throat> um, can I, I don't I, think can I completely interrupt anything. real quick? Yeah, sure. What's up? I had a tweet during the break toward Dana Carvey, the like the Dana Carvey, uh-huh. and he thought it was funny. Oh, he just replied and said that's funny. So from now on, anybody who ever tries to tell me I'm not funny, Dana Carvey thinks I'm funny. Okay. I'm funny. All right, well, I'm printing it out and framing it. I mean, are you going to have any context to this? No. Or what are you going to do? Nope. Nope, you can go look it up. It's there. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I see you <laughs> No. Why were you tweeting at Dana Carvey? It was just there. What? It was just it was just there. Dana Carvey tweeted a video of him driving a long straight road with some mountains far off in the distance, and Danny said, it looks like you're taking a, a, a trip to go drop off a suitcase to somebody named Samsonite. Oh. Dumb and dumber. Dumb and dumber reference. Dumb and dumber reference is true. Yeah. Yeah, that is funny. Way to go. There you go. Big gulps, huh? Do people often tell you you're not funny, though? No, but now, I, now, oh. it's, it, I mean, now, it's, <laughs> now it's in gold. Yeah, that is. Uh, you, should, you should get that framed. Maybe that's what Elon needs to do is, like, he has a, uh, like, it, you, you can heart your tweets. You can bookmark your tweets, but uh, frame them. You get a little frame, and you just have a little little area right there on, the, on, on, your, little, on your little buttons and page that you have there on the left-hand side. And it's your frame, so you can just frame all your tweets. Like the old ladies with their Facebook wall. Like, yeah, like uh, the <laughs> NFTs. Like NFTs, basically, of of your great tweets. I mean, that's there's not going to be many of those. <clears throat> Most of my all tweets right. are trash. Okay. Almost all. Okay. All right. Um, but um, it's volume, baby. It, it is a volume game mm-hmm. that you play. It is a volume game that, that you play. All right. Uh, thanks, to, thanks for interrupting that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I told you I'm going to interrupt. All right, sorry. Uh, the finalists for MVP so far, we have uh, five finalists that they are throwing at at you of uh, the Associated Press Most Valuable Player. They are four quarterbacks and a wide receiver. Um, I don't think that this one's particularly hard uh, to get to. Uh, your finalists are Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. and then one receiver. Justin Jefferson. Were you surprised he got mentioned? 
No. Okay. No, he had a phenomenal he, year. He had the best wide, best wide receiving year yeah. by anyone not named Randy Moss. Uh, or Calvin Johnson. No. Um, he was he was exceptional this year, and they got to throw a bone to one person. But I mean, this is Patrick Mahomes. This is this is I don't think it's I don't think it's close. Patrick Mahomes, most valuable player in the NFL, with the changes that they have had offensively. Now it's not like they got rid of Tyreek Hill and they added like two dudes off the street. They added two guys who had had flashes over their career of being reliable receivers in Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and Juju Smith-Schuster. But the way that they have changed so dramatically on the offensive side of the ball, I think it's Mahomes. And I don't don't think that that – I think it's probably going to be a landslide Patrick Mahomes MVP. You think so? Yeah. I I don't think it's going to be. Okay. I I think it's good. It happens in the NBA, too. You you get the recency – tiredness mm-hmm. where it's like no they zig when you think they're gonna zag Mahomes is the easy answer I I think people are gonna vote I think I think it's gonna end up hurt I think it's gonna be Jalen again Jalen hurts most valuable player I think it is okay would you care to elaborate I just you just think it is I just think it is I, I all right it's a gut feeling more than anything else the the safe money and the easy opportunity and I'm not even saying that to be contrarian it just I feel like they're just gonna there does seem to be a push to get away from Patrick Mahomes in narrative. Mm-hmm. And a lot is narrative-driven regularly. Yeah. I think what hurts Pat Jalen Hurts, though, is not even having 4,000 yards passing. Sure. You, you can absolutely. I mean, at 3,700 yards, I think that that's that's going to be one that is kind of the knock on him. How many yards rushing did he finish with? Oh, boy. 800? I don't know. I don't know how many he he finished with. Uh, Jalen Hurts on the season. Rushing yards. Oh, gosh. They make you really hunt for these with quarterbacks. Yeah, no, it's it's a real pain. Um, Rushing yards. uh, 760 yards rushing. I mean, that's pretty ridiculous. Oh, absolutely it is. It's very ridiculous. He had an outstanding year and i i would sit there and go yeah but you also have mahomes who threw for 5200 yards and rushed for 350 yards you know which is also pretty freakish in his own right um jalen hurts also in a three-way tie for rushing touchdowns on the season that's that's the big one because second yeah the red zone thing he's just a monster which doesn't that surprise you considering his size no no his size yeah i mean he's, he's he's not Trevor Lawrence, Josh Allen, like he's not the biggest dude in the world. He's compact though. He's six one two twenty five. I mean, like, he's, he is, he's stout for sure, he's but a like thick dude where he can he can take those. Hits. But I always, I always think of Josh Allen, Cam Newton. Yeah, like tall, but super that, thick, super big dudes. Yeah, well, he is thick, man. I mean, two twenty two twenty five is a he is all muscle too. At I six get foot it. one, like, but I mean, he's, he's in. Dude. But he's punching up at a different class when you're talking about like guys like Allen and hell Mahomes and 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 uh, Newton like those guys are huge. Mahomes, I you you put him on a scale. I I, I have a reeling suspicion he's weighing more than two twenty. All right, I mean he's listed at six two two twenty five. So I mean they're the the same. I wouldn't put him Cam Newton big, but yeah, I, I yeah, okay. Um, that that is uh. So it's a two-man race then. We got Jalen Hurts and Patty Mahomes. 
uh, for MVP Defensive Player of the Year. This one's going to be interesting. You think so? I think this one's the runaway. We have Bosa, Chris Jones. Nick Bosa has had a dominant year, uh, but so has Chris Jones. And uh, the love affair with edge rushers is something that I think is is one thing that gives Bosa a nod. But Mm -hmm. Chris Jones has been... Uh, incredible and Michael Parsons as well just because he's in Dallas and you're talking AP uh voting Michael Parsons could be in there too yeah I mean I I think week 12 week 13 week 14 of the season you probably could have put a bow on it and given it to Michael Parsons but I think down the stretch I think Bosa wrapped that up yeah Bosa Bosa is a freak I don't think there's a category where he's not in the top five statistically but you look at Chris Jones he's in there too and that that's an incredible part the crazy thing is that we're talking about this not a single Eagles player is even like sniffing that defensive player of the year conversation and their defense has been lights out they just do it by committee and the AP offensive player of the year this is going to be a fascinating this is where I think when you get into the offensive and and like the players of the year as -hmm. opposed to the MVPs I think that's where you start getting a little bit more a little more fun. Uh, Tyreek Hill, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson, Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. I think whoever doesn't win MVPs wins this. Wins, wins this. I think that's fair. Yeah, it'll be either Hurts or Mahomes. Okay. I can go with that. That. Do you think that that's going to be kind of the, the agreed-upon logic among the writers? It's usually what they do. It's Ooh. like you, the guy who wins the Heisman doesn't win the Maxwell. Mm-hmm. It's usually how, how, how it goes. Or uh, the Davey O'Brien. You usually don't do the clean sweep. You usually have like a little bit of split between the two. A little bit of a love. Yeah. Uh, AP Offensive Rookie of the Year. This one's fascinating because it's Brock Purdy, Kenneth Walker, and Garrett Wilson. If you go full season body of work, it's probably Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think you can make an argument otherwise. To if be you go for massive impact over the course of the year, most of impact, but you missed games. It's <laughs> Kenneth Walker. But then you have Brock Purdy, who he only most important six regular season games. Mm-hmm. He's only played in eight games, two of them in playoff games. Yep. And they shouldn't count. It might be Purdy. Purdy may 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 be the guy who wins this. Is the value of the quarterback position just so high that it that it over that it overcompensates for the running back position being diminished and the Jets just being the Jets? Yeah, probably. Isn't that weird that the Jets are a New York well, market? Wilson should. But again, I a hundred percent believe that. But it's weird that we're not getting more just deluge of Garrett Wilson propaganda from a New York media team. Yeah, well, it's because uh, the quarterback sucks so bad, and they, that should prop Garrett Wilson up that much that, more. That was the, the exact argument I was about to make. Um, but defense rookie there, I think this says a lot about how the two teams who drafted the best, how well they fared. Seahawks corner Tariq Woolen mm-hmm. is, a AP, is a finalist, as is Jets corner Sauce Gardner, along with Aiden Hutchinson of the Lions. But uh, Seahawks and Jets both have an offensive and defensive finalist for Rookie of the Year. Two of the best drafts in the past decade. Yep, and I think this one's Sauce, and it's not even really close. Tariq Sa- Woolen had a great year. but Sauce was nope. graded out as the second-best corner in the NFL this year. Comeback player of the year, I think it's uh, a runaway, Geno Smith. Uh, <laughs> but he has Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey to, to go up against. Yeah. Look, I mean, those guys came back off of, off of banged up seasons, not detrimental, you know, um, out of the league for a year or is he going to yeah. stay on a team? Like, those guys are on Hall of Fame tracks. Right. Geno Smith was a guy who was like, he got 
he pissed off a teammate so bad he got his jaw broken and nobody wanted him bad. Yeah, it seems like Saquon and McCaffrey are more like Stetson Bennett getting invited to the Heisman. Yeah. Yeah. AP Coach of the Year, you've got Brian Dayball, uh, Sean McDermott or, of the Giants, by the way, mm. Brian Dayball, Sean McDermott of the Bills, Doug Peterson of the Jags, Kyle Shanahan of the 49ers, Nick Sirianni of the Eagles. I'm going one of two places. Which way are you going? I'm going Dayball or Sirianni. I'm going Dayball or Peterson. Yeah. The dysfunction did to root out the dysfunction in Jacksonville in one year. Mm-hmm. That that's that's nothing short of miraculous. Yeah, yeah. Now doing sure. it with a guy in Trevor Lawrence who might be a generational quarterback makes that a lot easier. But look, the the, the Giants were they were supposed to be a four win team, mm. and he 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 made chicken salad out of chicken poop. Yep. But I don't look at the Giants as entirely dysfunctional from top to bottom. The Jaguars have been a dysfunctional mess. Yep. yep. But, look, I mean, you can even throw Dan Campbell in there and, and, and being a guy, and even he said... That was a surprising one that Campbell he's wasn't not even on a it. finalist. But he said he said he wasn't deserving. He said, yeah. uh, when he was with the Mannings the other day on the Manning cast, he said that he believes it should be Dayball. Well, I didn't even know they gave this award, but the AP Assistant Coach of the Year... Uh, you have Shane Steichen of the Eagles, or uh, what? What did Gronk call him? Spikeman? Shane Spikeman. Mm. Uh, you have Shane Spikeman of the Eagles, D'Amico Ryan's of the Forty ers our defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and then Ben Johnson. Um, uh, it's weird. A guy who was popped for steroids in the Olympics, coach, assistant coach of the year. Love to see it. No. Oh wait, oh, Lions offensive coordinator. One. Lions offensive coordinator who is coming back. He had he had head offers, coaching yeah. offers, and he was like, mm, no, I'll go back to. It's a guy who knows his role. D- Detroit. I would go uh, with Johnson or D'Amico. Yeah. I think those are my two choices. Oh, boy. That's hey, a toughie. You, you can peg me down for either one of those, but I... I, I, I'm, I go Ben Johnson. I'm not, I, I'm, I don't think there's a bad choice between those two. because it was the Lions. And the they the expectations. Really yeah. They, they, did you think that the, the Lions were going to have a world-class offense this year? <laughs> no. Did you think the 49ers were going to have a world-class it's, defense? It's the Lions. Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, yes. No. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Ish. So. Maybe. I, did you just have a stroke? Maybe. <laughs> I just don't know. I just don't know. I, I never know what to think of the Start of the calling them left Lions. face? Just. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe they were. I thought they were going to be okay. Gosh. I don't know. Um, so those are your uh, finalists. And you can see all of these people accepting their award, awards very drunk. Very, very drunk. Uh, next week for the NFL uh, um, awards. Are they going to have it like are the AVN awards going on at the same time where like maybe that's maybe that's the play they have in Vegas is they have like the porn awards with the NFL awards on the same weekend. Just line that whole thing up. Yeah, you're lining something up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming up next, um, let's – oh, you want to talk about All-Star Game, the Pro Bowl next week, new format. Apparently they're going to have golf as part of it. I don't know how that plays into it. Hmm. but uh, Somebody just said, let's work this in. They have a new format for that. The NBA All-Star Game has a new format, and there's going to be feelings that are hurt. And I'm Shaming. I am so here for all of it. I'm here for all of it. Danny and Dusty on the fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Danny and Dusty on the fan. NBA All-Star Game, uh, just a couple of weeks away now. I mean, it's always that Valentine's Day week that we have uh, the NBA All-Star Weekend. And they've got some changes, man. Changes are coming. They are going to pick teams for the All-Star Game right before the game starts? Like it's a park? Yeah, Red Rover, Red Over, send not Rudy Gobert over. Yeah, the... um, what uh weird don't they practice yeah there's practices but it's like kind of practice why don't they do this like uh like they keep it going on the night before during like the dunk contest and all that stuff like in, as an intermission in between the events they do a couple of picks uh, of each player and then it culminates at the very end with the big reveal of who gets picked last which is going to be Awesome, because you can spread this out into another day and in a longer time when you already have another event coming. You want you want all the eyes on that one event. Yeah, but uh, so you're just gonna have people watch the, pregame and then turn the game off. That's what I usually do. That's what I'll do for the the All Star game. So, I mean, logistics question. Yeah, if they're doing this right directly before the game, does that mean are they making two All Star yes. jerseys for each player? No, uh, it's shirts versus skins this year. <laughs> But yes, that that is that, that was a question. Yeah. And then people like, playing oh, with their undies. is this going to happen? No, no, it's a hundred percent how they're going to do it. Well, it's like uh, what they do during the NFL draft, though. I bet they have the blanks because yeah. you have the jerseys. Oh man, you just press the num- the name right on the back. Like they do that at the NFL draft, as it's an like they, Roger Goodell gets the card, he shows it to the person, the person writes it down, then they press the name on there, and then they go out and uh, d- player has his jerseys holding up with his name on it and everything. Weird how that works. That's crazy. That's crazy. Glue it on, baby. Yeah. But uh, I'm I'm going to be – I actually am going to be intrigued by that. And then I, – I, I'm not kidding. I will turn the game off after that. The NBA All-Star Game is, is one of the things that you can just – you mentioned how the NBA has, what, 74, 75 million followers on Instagram now? 75, yeah. 75 million followers on Instagram. That is something that you truly can just – that's all you need the all-star game for is their social medias of the NBA. They do social media better than anybody else because they'll just, it's all it is is highlights, you know? And that's all, that's all you're going to watch. You're not going to watch getting a good basketball in that. Um, so just watch for the, the old highlights of all the dunks and the Dame threes from on the other side of half court. It's going to, that's all you're going to flip it on the, uh, on Twitter and you can watch all you need to see on. The I mean, all-star is this going to make it even sloppier? I don't think it can. I mean, they're professional NBA players. Like getting a practice together. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And on top of that, a lot of these guys, they play with each other in the summer. We need Bud yeah. Selig to come back from the dead and uh, make the All Star Game mean something. You know, make it home court in the NBA Finals if it goes to the All Star Game winner. Even though they don't even do Eastern Conference versus Western Conference anymore for this. Just if you're on one of the all-star teams, you get home court. There you go. Bingo. Come on. 
Bud Selig, come back from the dead. Make this make this happen for us. Because that was the worst idea we've ever had from an all-star game. We've had horrible ones. Drafting guys live and watching their faces as you're the last guard, you're the last pick, you're the last big, it's going to be priceless. It will be truly priceless to see. Because I don't know how they do it and protect the feelings of somebody. Because these guys all have ego. They're all all-stars. They're going to be pissed they were the last ones picked. Oh, yeah, are you kidding me? If, you don't, if you're not the first one picked, <laughs> you're going to be pissed. Got that, got that chip on my shoulder. 100%. <laughs> yeah, for anybody who's like, oh, they don't care. Yes, they do. Rudy Gobert going to cry? I mean, he's not going to make it. No. One can hope, right? Wow. But they didn't want to do this this way solely because of the embarrassment. Yeah. I applaud Adam Silver for being like, no, I want the embarrassment. So why are they doing it? For the embarrassment. For yeah. the engagement. Yeah, and that, it oh, will get a this, ton. This may be the only year this happens because whoever gets picked last, their agent is going to be pissed. <laughs> Heaven forbid <laughs> that Braun screws up and it's a clutch client. That's great. I don't think he'll. Wait, I don't think he'll allow that to on. happen. A clutch client? You think they're going to raise that big of a stink because of, of a clutch client gets picked last? Do Do I think that clutch? would raise an issue about being painted in a negative light. Are you insane? Nancy's. Yes, of course I do. Well, they're in all, they're still all stars. Come on. There's it all matters. I know it all matters And everything that you think is fans matters. Magnify it by a billion. That's where you end up with an agent. Oh, that's so good. Uh, hey, that's what we need. We need a camera on the agent room. Like put all of the agents in like a green room. Oh god! And have them have, have watch them squirm. Yeah, because that's what's really going to get them. Because you get picked in the top five. Oh yeah. When you're in the next pitch meeting, yeah, you know, come on, man. Look at the relationships he's got with other stars. Yeah. You come in that bottom two. Uh. Nobody likes him. <laughs> right. That's Forgot tough. about that. He's an a hole who nobody likes. That may be a tough one. All right, 503-250-1080. A pivotal stretch for the Portland Trailblazers coming up. First is Rust with sports and up. You ready, man? Party people in the place to be. Uh-huh. It's about that time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Danny and Dusty on the Odyssey app and 1080. The fan. Trying to live it up, rock do a bigger truck, peach all glittered up, stick a kid, what? Jig with a cut, Chris spit it up. We had our FQL network analyst, the host of Bed MGM tonight, Ryan Horvath, on earlier. He said Blazers by six. He liked Blazers getting three and a half. Okay. Look at that. That was He said that was his lock of the night. Lock of the night. Blazers are playing the Jazz, and um, I don't think. Like we've watched the Portland Trail Blazers, I don't think anything is a lock. No, it was friend. funny because remember he ran down to go place that bet because uh, he had to run a little ways. Uh, yeah. Was it two two weeks ago? Yeah, and it was to place a bet on the Wizards against the Bulls, and it was he said I got a pretty decent tip on the Bulls, and I knew the tip he was talking about was that Zach Levine wasn't going to play because <laughs> I had heard rumblings that he wasn't going to play, and the Wizards beat the crap out of the Bulls that night. Yeah, so good for him. He won that bet. Well, I wonder what he's hearing on this one because the Blazers got the Jazz coming in and. Um, look, it's been tough sledding for the Portland Trailblazers. If you, if you, we all know that they have won what uh, three of their last eleven games um, that they've played, mm-hmm. and two of them came against the Dallas Mavericks, which is a good win because Dallas is is not horrible. But in let's, theory, 
let's take inventory of what the Mavericks are in the midst of right now, which is they've lost seven of ten, and um, that one of those games they rested Luka Doncic. Yeah, and in the other game, the 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 uh, Mavs were a day off of travel from L.A. to Portland, and Luka just played fifty three minutes. Okay, and they were without Christian Wood or. T- Tim Hardaway Jr. got hurt, and so uh, Claber was out. Dorian Finney-Smith was out. So yeah, you you beat the shell of the Mavericks. <laughs> All right, so let's go back here and let's take inventory of the last what, time they had good wins. What what is the last good win? Because I'll read you. Uh, Monday they beat San Antonio and beat the brakes off them, one forty-seven to one twenty-seven. They're not a good basketball team. Like I said, they're the worst team in the league. Very very bad. Uh, Dallas, which we just went over. Uh, then you have to go back to January 2nd. They beat Detroit 135-106. That's the worst team in the league. You know what? Houston's the worst team in the league because they suck mm. and they're just a disaster. Yeah. San Antonio's really bad, but they're well-coached. Detroit, they just suck and they're injured. Mm. Okay, so that's... That's that would, that would ranking be, the pantheon of wins. I'm not helping here. Right that now. would be the game that they forced Nerland Noel, Nerland's Noel to, to play. play. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then you have... They have a win over the 13-36 and 36 Charlotte Hornets back on uh, December 26th. And they're dysfunctional. Okay. How about December 17th against Houston? Wait, you just called the them the worst, worst team. team in the league. Okay. All right. Then we'll go back to December 14th against San Antonio. Uh, second worst team in the league. Okay. Then uh-huh. we go back to December 10th and 12th where they won that back-to-back against the Timberwolves and Minnesota is looking at the standings now. One game under five hundred. They're uh-huh. twenty four and twenty five. Okay, keep going. Well, hey, that's actually they're very close to what Utah is. Okay, but what anything right, else? Uh, okay, um, we can go back to Indiana on December fourth. They were above five hundred then. Okay, and then December third against Utah. There you go. So it has been six weeks they've had back-to-back wins against good teams. Wow. Well, in just look at look at think of it in these terms. You know, the last time the Blazers won back-to-back games against different teams, <laughs> because their only back-to-back wins are against Dallas, playing them in two nights. You do have to go back to uh, December twelfth and fourteenth when they beat the Timberwolves, and then they beat the San Antonio Spurs. That is the last time. Think about that. It is January twenty fifth today. The last time the Blazers beat back to back teams that were had different jerseys was December twelfth and the fourteenth. It's been over a month since that happened, and now you have Utah. And this is a this is an important stretch for the Blazers because it's not just winning games. It really does kind of frame who you are. Moving forward, because we got a couple weeks, what, four, two, two weeks from today is the trade deadline? Yes. Two weeks from today is the NBA trade deadline. And in this span, they have Utah, Toronto, Atlanta at home to wrap up the homestand. Okay. Then that takes us to, uh, you have February when we turn the turn the calendar. You go to, uh, to Memphis, to Washington, to Chicago. And then you have Milwaukee, and then the trade deadline is against the Golden State Warriors, Wednesday, February 8th. This is an important kind of stretch here because of what the Blazers could be. Bleach Report was saying today that uh, there's, I don't know, I don't know who the writer is. Uh, uh, Dan Duvall. Dan, 
what? Dan Favol. Dan Favol. Mm-hmm. He said that uh, he had listed the Blazers as a team that is perceived as a buyer that could become a seller mm-hmm. over the next two weeks. And that's I, that's an important. And, thing I, to think and about. I've actually talked to him during the show. Yeah. Um, his perception is that in the sense of selling, um, the thing for him is that he thinks the Blazers will sell on Josh Hart. Oh. And that's where he, he doesn't think it's going to be Simons or Grant. But I think we're there right now. I, listen, I'm 100% with him. Uh, if I was a betting man, I would not bet on Josh Hart being here past the deadline. Okay. Uh, what about Yusuf Nurkic? Did, uh, and that's I, where you kind of get into that's that That's the dividing line. I, right here in this next two weeks. I think it's hard to make it happen for both sides. Yeah. There's four teams in the NBA that I think that you could call as landing spots for Yusuf Nurkic. Detroit. I'm not Detroit. Dallas. Yeah. Toronto, Charlotte, Washington. Do you think anything in these next two weeks finalizes this, not just for the rest of the year, because that's what we're talking mm-hmm. about in the next two weeks, but a path beyond the, the regular season or, or this season playoff-wise? I think they're going to if that adjust happens. with Josh Hart, but if they can find the right deal for Yusuf Nurkic, I think they do. And, and if they do, that is a it is a big, and this is the thing, Going from CJ to Ant was a change, mm-hmm. and it needed to happen, yeah. and it should have happened. Not necessarily that change, but a version of that should have happened a long time ago. But functionally, it hasn't changed a ton. The thing that needs to change is stylistically for what they want to do. Damon Ant can kind of play whatever, stylistically. Mm-hmm. Now, they can't grind you up like the Detroit Pistons, but otherwise, they're passable in just about every system. Nurkic can play one style. You can't get out and run. You can't play switchable. You can't play him above the free throw line. I don't care about how many threes he's hitting now. He's not a legitimate floor spacer. Teams don't care about that. If they want to get to a different style, that is the change that has to take place. So moving Josh Hart, it changes some things. You get longer, probably more athletic. but Things make more sense, quote-unquote, at the small forward position. But Yusuf Nurkic... That fundamentally changes their identity and their style and what they want to do. That, to me, is a more fundamental change than swapping out Josh Hart for another small forward who's another just rotation guy. And that's where we were talking about yesterday, length, rim runners, guys that are athletic enough to get from one end of the floor to the other mm-hmm. and play with a little bit of tempo and pace. If a guy's in the corner, like off, like Yusuf Nurkic in the corner offensively taking a three, you dread him getting back because he struggles getting back when he's above the break on the three-point line. Okay, how about this? What happens to the pick-and-roll game? Because that, if there's one thing that that, that is the other does, part of this. that Nurk does a phenomenal job of. One of the best screeners in the league. He absolutely is. And you see it. I see a lot of people like, why don't they play Eubanks more? Why does the offense suffer? But if Eubanks is, or if, if Nurk is such a bad offensive player, why are they better offensive with him on the floor? Because he's seven foot, three hundred pounds, and he knows how to set a screen. Drew's six nine and a half, six ten if you squint. 240, solid guy. He's, but he doesn't... Yusuf Nurkic has his own gravity. He's a planet mm-hmm. on the floor. You, He's a large man. You don't get around him. It doesn't happen. I mean, the only guys in the league who are bigger are like Joel Embiid. And just, just by nature of his mass. But to give him credit, not, you can't just say, well, Nurk's big. He's also a very good screener who understands angles. And Dame, that relationship, the timing, and you can say, well, he gets picked in offensive fouls. 
Sure, fine. I <laughs> don't care. It doesn't change the fact that he's one of the best screeners in the game. He is. And it, it, you see guys try to avoid it. And as the game wears on, and you saw in the Laker game be a problem yeah. because he's not on the floor, those pick and rolls aren't as effective. Yeah. Like, I, again, I love Drew, but he's a, he's a, he's a fax of a copy of a copy when yeah. you're talking about the pick and roll game. But, where this can be, because we have seen, and Damian, Damian Lillard has talked about this, of, of the pick and rolls, and you know that's where his comfort is. All right. Stylistically, though, if you bring somebody in that can run, that does change. You, you say that Damon Ant, Damon Ant, Damon Ant, uh, they can be those guys who are kind of chameleons, and they can move in between systems. The problem with it is that if you try to do anything else except for the pick and roll, that's where Nurk is kind of limited yes. in, in the offense, and you bring in another guy who maybe it's not as much pick and roll, maybe we do see a little bit more of that structured offense. Or that, you have the rim finisher Chauncey, that you can count on. That Chauncey wants, yeah. yeah. And it, that that changes it to where Dame and Ant aren't square peg round hole anymore because of the other piece that you have there. That and it opens up the lane and the different levels of gravity. And this is not a uh, like crap on Yusuf Nurkic situation, but I, I really want to, I, I want people to understand when I talk about Yusuf Nurkic and his rim finishing and his effective field goal percentage. And like the, uh, the idea of Yusuf Nurkic is much better than the Yusuf Nurkic in, in practice. Okay. Here's, this is getting it real numbery. And in these numbers, lower is worse. Okay. Okay. So rim finishing percentage by year. And these percentages are where he ranks among bigs. So this is not comparing him to everybody across the NBA. So 99 percentile good, yes. 1 percentile bad. And this is comparing him to other bigs. Other bigs. Like like to like. Okay? Like to like. 15th. 4th. Oh. Oh. 20th. Oh. 14th. Mm. 21st. Mm. 20th. Mm. 34th. Mm. 12th. 26th. 24th. Yeah, it's not good. That is atrocious. Yeah. And that's... Uh, what do you do with a seven-footer most... that's that poor of a finisher? Um, You adjust. You adjust. And that's what the, uh, that's what I think the Blazers have to do. Yeah. And it's like, when they when they brought him in, when they brought him over from Denver, and they, you know, they had Nurk fever, mm. I thought, man, this could be good. Even even in a newer style NBA and spreading the floor, the, the way that I always thought that you bet that you were going to beat those Warriors was that if you could get a big who yeah. could punish them. You want to go small ball? Fine. We'll we will trade the opportunity because that's what it is when you're talking about threes versus twos. The long run, the threes are going to win out. But as we saw with the Houston Rockets, you can go over twenty seven. And this is what. Um... This is what what one of the big issues is. Is it's not just like, hey, why don't you just train him to dunk more? We talked about this yesterday. There is something with the landing, the the landing in his in his foot, in his ankle. I mean, you can see it. Yeah. He refu- he he refuses. I, 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 refuses sounds like it's a bad word, but he refuses to dunk when there's people around him. You, you can just see it. He hesitates, and you can't hesitate. No, you can't hesitate. Yeah. No, and, and like, is is he the most athletic dude in the sense of like explosiveness? No, but he yep. also doesn't need to be. The guy can grab the rim on his tiptoes. <laughs> and that's not that is that's far a far larger issue than just hey man, 
you're seven feet, 300 pounds. Go through the contact and dunk it. Like you can. You texted me on, on the yeah. scoop layup when he's <laughs> he's seven foot, 300 pounds, and I, I've said this a million times. If Yusuf Nurkic picked up one offensive foul a game, and in that one offensive foul game was him dump trucking somebody, yeah. I would not care. Shaq picked up probably one a game because every single time. Every single game, he would put that 330-pound body with that meaty tricep right in somebody's jaw on a drop step, and he would knock them into another dimension. Would he get called for a foul once a game? Yes. You know where you wouldn't stick your face? Across his shoulder to try to cut off the lane. Mm. And he just knew that 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 was the price of admission. But you know what you felt? You cashed, you cashed that ticket full of pain, pain, and you were picking chiclets up. <laughs> and that and Nurk has just never – he had that really two years of Bosnian Beast where you had that physical prowess. Yep. And even in those years, he still struggled as a finisher. Mm. You just hoped he would turn the corner. But unfortunately, between the mental part of it and the injury, he just never did. 503-250-1080. This is Danny and Dusty on The Fan. On the Odyssey app and Portland's sports leader, 1080, The Fan. Hey, one other thing on the uh, old trade deadline. How does the Suns' ownership changing hands, how's that going to affect the trade deadline? Because it... New owners love making splashes. Sarver's going to be out before the deadline mm-hmm. in, the, in two weeks. And don't back like Matt Ishbia hasn't been He's sitting running things for weeks now. He's sitting baseline with the GM, so that's a big indicator. Mm-hmm. He's already taken over those reins. Do you think they, they pulled the trigger on some stuff? I mean... DeAndre Aiden to Portland. <laughs> let's, oh, let, no. Let, let's be honest. More often than not, these, these billionaires think they're the smartest person in the room. Uh, regardless of what they're being told by NBA lifers, and they like to make decisions. See one Rudy Gobert for everything. Mm. Oh. I mean, Poor new, new Timberwolves ownership took over, and they made a big swing. They wanted to make their splash. Yeah. If Matt Ishbia is smarter Thanks a lot, A-Rod. than most people, then he will not make a rash decision. Mm. But one thing you do have to remember, he is, his opinions of players and personnel are being shaped by the people around DeAndre Ayton was a guy who was picked because of his ties to Arizona and Robert Sarver's thought and, and belief that he would sell tickets. Local guy, done well. Which, uh, that made sense at, at, at first. Went to high school there, played at Arizona, yeah. got the bag, all those things. And even at, during that draft, I, I understood it because physically, profile-wise, he's he's David Robinson. Yeah, he should. And if, if he, he became the dude, yeah. he's terrifying. Should have done that with Laurie Markkinen. What do you mean? Local guy. Arizona. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, he gotcha. went to Arizona, too. I was like... He went to Arizona, too. Just draft all the Arizona guys who got the bag. Huh? Terrible idea. The problem is that you also get Derek Williams. Yeah. That'll yeah, all work out, Robert Sarver. It's a great idea. But, I mean, nobody's, nobody's accusing Robert Sarver of being smart. Uh, well, he's very rich. He's a very rich... Plenty of very, very rich, dumb people. Yeah. I saw a video uh, that was like... He sum up rich guy's thoughts in a, in in one video. Mm-hmm. 
it was a, a guy sitting there talking about how it's easy to make a million dollars a year. And I was like, it is? <laughs> it's easy? Go on. And he's like, if you get 300 people in your circle that also make a million dollars a year and you invest together, I was like, this sounds like a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> This sounds like you're gonna. Take I've my seen money, this buddy. before. He's like, you grow your money together, which is actually it's it, like it makes sense. But that, it's like that's how investment funds work. Yeah, I mean, it's like yes, you are, you are, you are definitely describing what an investment fund is. Uh, fund is right now, but it is not easy for me to make a million dollars in a year, sir. That's that's the hard part. In yeah. fact, he's like, with three hundred people, you get three hundred million dollars a year. How fast can your money grow? Then I'm like, very fast. Now give me that million dollars, and then we can start talking. The Suns with new ownership are at a crossroads because Chris Paul's career is basically ending. Yeah. Does the move end up being, you know, Van Vliet? I I, I don't know if that's necessarily the right move for them. I would probably, if you're going to go for an aging point guard, I would probably go for Kyle Lowry because I think he's got a little bit more in the tank and can play alongside Booker still in a 16-game season. I don't know if Chris Paul's... The other part of this is Chris Paul or Kyle Lowry. Both of them are falling apart. But the point is... If they make a big move, it will be at the point guard position or it will be at the center position. Question. Does Chris Paul become Gary Payton and Carl Malone ring chasing Charles I mean, Barkley? I mean, he has been. Uh, I mean, but like he like he, he also has money, though, and he's getting a lot of money. Does he go, I'm going to play vet minimum and I'm going to try to ride coattails? No, no, no. You don't think so? He's, he's above that. He <laughs> Really? He's above it. Yeah. All right. So he's just still going to try to... Here's the difference. He's the point guard. Yeah. He's the point guard. Like, he, he is he is not viewed as one of those guys. For whatever reason, he is he has dodged that bullet. Yeah. Yeah. See, the Blazers can dodge a bullet tonight and actually win a game against a decent team against the Utah Jazz tonight. Hey! They got the Utah Yaz tonight. All right. Up next, you got primetime with Isaac and Souk. Uh, they'll be right here on 1080 The Fan. My Black and blue and rock hard. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.